All right, welcome in, everybody. It is a Friday on Sports Daily here on I'm Tommy Castro, Paul Savage, in for Jacob Albrock on this Friday edition of the program. Jack Chambers produces the program. As always, the IHOP hotline is open at 869-1240. By the way, we're going to do some giveaways a little bit later on in the show today. Tickets to Turnpike Troubadours at Interest Bank Arena on May 3rd of 2024. We'll be doing that a little bit later on in the program today. A busy Friday on tap. We'll talk to the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, coming up in our very next segment. We've got our Friday football picks coming up in hour number two. We'll look ahead to the NFL slate, talk some college basketball, and a whole lot more on the program. Get you ready for a busy weekend here on the network. Paul Savage, welcome in, buddy. How you doing, man? Oh, I am doing good. How about you, big boy? You doing all right? I'm good. How is It's a Wonderful Life? How's oh, that thing going so Oh, man. Thank you for bringing that up. Oh, it's been wonderful. We've had uh, the last three shows in a row that sell out. There's only three more chances to see it tonight, Saturday at 8 o'clock. It looks like it's going to be going to on Sunday at 2 o'clock. It's going great. Really great crowds. Sell out the last it's just been so much fun. Thank you for bringing it up, my friend. That is very, yeah. very proud of you. Thank you very much. And What's I invite up? everybody to come out and see it. If you like a good Christmas story, live theater, we're the place to eat. It's a wonderful life. Or as I say in the show, this presentation. It was a How about that? There you go. Little yeah. What role did you play? No, I'm the announcer. Remember, this is a play. This this is a a radio play staged in the 1940s. I'm the announcer, Freddie Fillmore, who uses his radio voice, which we all use on those occasions when I do radio. But uh, I'm also the juicy part of this composite. You know, the bad evil original. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can go after you. It's a lot of fun. I like evicting people. I want to get out of their homes. I, I, I'm big on that. I got. I, at some point, I'll have an appointment at three o'clock in the afternoon to, to evict a family. And, and you, you know, know, I'm really liking this part a lot. Tom. I would argue that Mr. Potter is one of, if not the greatest all-time villains in cinema history. Yeah. There might not be anybody better than right. Mr. Potter. Right, right. And, and I would imagine that you're doing quite a bit of uh, your own flair to that role. And so I would encourage folks to yeah. definitely get out there and check out It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, like I mentioned, a lot to get to on the program today. Paul, let's start with Thursday right. Night Football last night. All right. It oh, was, God. Uh, oh, my. Do we it have was to? ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. We, we got to talk about it a little bit. And I, the reason is, considering both teams play in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs. I got you. We should probably, you know, touch on that a little bit. Uh, I missed the first half of the game. I checked on the halftime score, and it was 42 nothing right. Raiders over the Chargers. And right. I thought, man, what the heck is going on here in this game? Uh, Aiden O'Connell was out there looking like Joe Montana throwing the football. Four touchdown passes for him. The final score, Raiders 63, Chargers 21. And, it, you know, that 21, I mean, touchdowns came in garbage time for the chargers it was a beatdown of epic proportions for the las vegas raiders and this comes only four days paul after the raiders only scored three points against the vikings on sunday they put up 63 four days later i think the the place to start on this how does brandon staley still have his job as the chargers head coach well he's had some success and 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 i i don't think it's a a fact that he can't coach i don't think that's it 
But, Tommy, I'm about to say something, and in all the years that you have ever done sports talk radio, you have probably never brought this up. You probably never thought about this because it never, ever happens, and that is seeing a professional football team quit. Stop playing. Oh, decide right. that. I'm serious. I mean, I mean, I mean it, and I mean stop early in a game. And when you stop early, you know the caliber of players that are on that field. And when a team stop quits, you know it can get pretty ugly. Oh, wait a second, it did get pretty ugly. But we saw the lot the Los Angeles Chargers last night. Really lay down. Stop playing. You know now. I understand turnovers are demoralizing, and there were a ton of them. I think in the first half, correct me if I'm wrong, there were three or I think three fumbles alone in the first half, and that's enough to demoralize the football team. But, gentlemen. They had five total turnovers in the game, the Chargers did. Yep, so that sounds about right. So here's, here's, here's the thing. I don't think I've ever witnessed a professional football team Lay down. Lay down like that. I've, we've seen it on an occasion in the NBA. We've seen teams get up by 40, and then they're just going through the – we see that. It's not uncommon. But, Tommy, in my entire life, I can't recall an instance where I've seen a football team just lie down and say, we're done. Let's run out the clock. Let's get this thing over. And that is more of a concern to me than anything else because if you want to make a case for this coach to have to go, this is a coach that was not able to inspire his, his team. I can tell you this right now. What's the most common thing that a coach says to a football team at halftime when they're getting their butts kicked? Let's come out and win the second half. That's what most coaches say. That's what most coaches would do. And yet this is still a football team that did not play inspired football. You know you know what I would have done? And I know this, this is, sounds maybe high schoolish or maybe small colleges, but I would have called a timeout. I would have huddled my team around me. I would have brought them all together, and I said, this stuff stops now. We're overplaying this this, this little lackadaisical-type football. We're going to concentrate. We're going to bear down. We may not win the game, but by golly, we're going to show up, and we're going to play. That's what I would have done. But with that being said, it's very rare. And I don't know, Tommy, do you have an instance somewhere in, in, in your viewing pleasure that you've actually – seen a professional football team lie down? Because that's the story of this. It's not the fact that a team has turnovers. Everybody's going to have turnovers, and everybody's going to have that night, aren't they? Everybody's going to have that night that things go wrong. Things don't work out the way you expected. That happens. The ball bounces funny. It's an odd-shaped football. And, you know, all I'm saying is is that, you know, we don't tune into a national broadcast expecting to see a team lie down like like uh, the Chargers did. And that's indicative of the coach. That's indicative of well, the way that Brandon Staley has okay. put that team together. Now, okay, well. I do want to say, like, you know, they, they started Easton Stick at quarterback, who I never heard of. I didn't either. Know, up until a few days ago, until Justin Herbert got injured, right? And he uh, right. looked overmatched. They've dealt with a ton of injuries. The Chargers always do. Uh, their defense was outmatched, outclassed, all of that. To say... I knew they were probably going to lose the game, but there's something to be said for just getting absolutely run out of the building. And that's what happened last night. I mean, it was absolutely embarrassing. And I would argue one of, if not the most embarrassing moments in Chargers franchise history. And oh, there have been several okay. of them. You know, the, the old saying goes, the Chargers are going to charge her, right? They're going to find ways to lose games. That's the way the franchise has always been. But just getting absolutely demolished in that regard on national television 
it's embarrassing. And if I'm the ownership of the Chargers, I don't let Brandon Staley fly home with the team. I let him stay in Vegas. Well, I make him stay there for the weekend. <laughs> I, it, it, it's shocking to me. It's what, 9, 11 in the morning on Friday. And Brandon Staley still has his job. About 12 hours after one of the worst blowout losses in franchise history, I really thought I would wake up this morning to the reports and the news that he was going to be out of a job. I thought, I remember predicting it a couple of weeks ago on our Friday football picks that they would, the, the Chargers would lose to the Broncos and Brandon Staley would be fired then. They lost to the Broncos. He wasn't fired. I don't know what else it's going to take for him to lose his job because, look, the, the bottom line with Brandon Staley is that he came to the Chargers with, you know, he was kind of this like kid wonder defensive guru kind of thing. They gave up 63 points last night. He's a defensive coach and they gave up 63 points. I don't know what more you need to see from the guy that he's not fit to coach this team moving forward. Well, and, and it might come today. I mean, it's only seven o'clock in the morning. I mean, you know, out in Los Angeles right now, it's only seven ten. So it may happen. I won't be surprised if it happens because I mean, they let a team, they let a team, Paul, that only scored three points a week ago put up 63 against them right. last night. Right. Now, how, I don't, how does that happen? Well, I, I don't know. I'm not sure I know because I, I, I'm not capable of f wrapping my head around the fact that this is professional football and this happens. I, 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 so I, I, I'm, I'm probably not the go-to guy to ask how this happens. But it did happen, and we all saw it. And now Easton Stick, you were kind of giving him a little bit of a rough time. That poor guy... That poor guy. It's a terrible had, situation to be in. He, well, he had absolutely no protection last night. It was like the offensive line was just going through the motions. And, and I mean, it was, I mean, there was push in the middle. There was, there was pressure off the edge. I mean, it, it was all over the place. And, and even though he was only sacked three times, oh my gosh, how many times was he pressured and knocked around and, 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 and guys all around him and all over him. I mean, was he able to step up into the pocket ever? I mean, ever. I'm not sure I remember. Yeah. Not going to miss a couple I'm not of sure them. it happened. But, but, I'm, but, but the point is, is that, you know, I've never heard, heard of Easton Stick myself. I've never heard of him in college. Fact right now, I don't even know where he – where did he go to college? Do you know – I'm not putting you on the spot. Do you know because I don't – Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't have no either. idea. So, I, so that uh, – Okay, I, I just – okay, North Dakota State. He's no, in North oh, Dakota State. Did yeah. not know that, but that's interesting to know. I've never heard of him at all, and now he's thrust into, you know, an NFL game in Las Vegas with the with the uh, Chargers. I get it. It was a rough night. He 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 still threw for 257 yards. I mean, it's not like the guy. It's not like the guy has some ups. He's on an NFL roster for God's sakes. He must right. have something. So with that being said, you know, I, I'm I have a tendency not to, you know, you know, put too much on him on his first outing, particularly when you're not getting any help. From your it was everything. It was everything, everything for the Chargers. And, you know, our, our buddy Jason comments on the, the video stream saying that he could tell that the Chargers just gave up. Uh, I would agree with that. You could tell it was lackluster. They, they've given up on the season. They've given up on their coach. They've given up on the prospects of doing anything with Justin Herbert out for the entire year. So I, I definitely recognize that. But on the flip side, Antonio Pierce, the interim coach for the Raiders, I think is solidifying his case to be the permanent head coach for the franchise moving forward after that performance yeah. last night. But, you know, regardless, you know, the, the Raiders move to six and eight on the season, the Chargers fall to five and nine. Neither one of the.
teams are making the playoffs, but it was one of the most, if not the most, disappointing and embarrassing performances, I think, from the Los Angeles Chargers in their franchise history. Let's go ahead and take our first break of the hour. On the other side, we're going to connect with Wyatt Thompson. He's the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats. We'll talk to him about the upcoming bowl game for the Wildcats, a little bit about basketball for the Wildcats as well. There's been a lot going on in Manhattan, so we'll get Wyatt's thoughts coming up on the other side of the break. He'll be joining us soon, so stick around. It's Tommy Castor, Paul Savage on Sports Daily. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Daily here on KFH. Tommy Castor along with Paul Savage in for Jacob Albrock today and uh, Jad Chambers producing the program. Working on getting Wyatt Thompson on the IHOP hotline at 869-1240. We've got our Friday football picks coming up next hour. It's going to be full of NFL games, Paul, that we're going to be picking in hour number two. Um, I was looking at the standings that Jad sent out this morning, and we'll get more into it. Once we actually get into our Friday football picks, I'm starting to fall behind a little bit again. I had a really good, uh, really good month, and then things have kind of cooled off, and I'm kind of hovering around 500. You and Jacob, it looks like I'm not. I'm not ready to concede, but it looks like it's going to be a two horse race from here on out. Yeah, we still got picks to make. I'm so uh, listen. You can go from from the outhouse to the penthouse in this thing, or vice versa, so easily. It's just amazing. So don't knock yourself out too much for having a bad week. You know, it can happen to anybody. And it Well, it does happen to everybody, doesn't it? Yeah, so J- Jacob had a good uh, good week, and, and you and I, Paul, we did not have quite as good of a week, but we'll see how we bounce back. Uh, in hour number two, it looks like we do have Wyatt Thompson. So, Dad, if you want to hit that intro music, and we'll get uh, Wyatt on. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, joining us on the IHOP Hotline, the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson here on Sports Daily. Wyatt, good morning. How you doing, man? Tommy, Paul, good morning. How are you guys? I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, we're doing great. We've got a lot to get to here with you in the next several minutes. Let's start off first with basketball, Wyatt. I know we talked last week about the turmoil going on around the Kansas State basketball program. And, I, I, you know, I really think you go back to Saturday's game against LSU, and I was really concerned about that game going into it. Not that LSU is this great program by any means, but just the fact that everything surrounding the program with Naquan Tomlin in that situation, and then the fact that the Wildcats had played in multiple overtime games. I had this worry, Wyatt. The program was going to be exhausted going into the game on Saturday, mentally, emotionally, physically, after everything that they've done and and gone through over the last couple of weeks. And it was a fairly resounding win for the Wildcats over LSU on Saturday. What were your major takeaways from that game uh, and, and knowing everything that had been going on with the program? Well, let me say, first of all, I thought you said a lot of things there very, very well, because it was a very disturbing week on so many levels, right? I mean, it just was. Um, And I think if I'm being a thousand percent honest with you here in visiting uh, before the game, during the week, after the game, last night's coaches show, all of that stuff with Coach Tang, 
I don't know that he could have been much more proud than he was um, for the guys and fighting through that. Um, this week hasn't necessarily been easy either, but it's different because this is finals week, right? <laughs> uh, big difference uh, there. But yeah. but at the end of the day, what they did was is they put all of those distractions behind them. I've said in other interviews, guys, that I felt like from the time I saw the guys for the first time at the airport uh, Friday of last week when we were getting ready to fly to Baton Rouge through the time we uh, got there Friday, went through a walkthrough, played the game Saturday, got back Saturday night. I I just saw good focus, uh, good chemistry, uh, good effort. Uh, I love the way they started the ball game. Uh, I love the way they had a 15-point lead and saw it evaporate, but then pushed it back to 15. Um, but there was just so much to like, including Cam Carter playing so well in his own backyard. He was just 35 minutes from his home there in Donaldsonville near uh, Baton Rouge. So I uh, loved every, every uh, part of it, but I think you're right on task there that, you know, they did overcome a lot. And I know, I know coach Tang was really excited about that. And I think they're growing and getting better. You know, they obviously haven't played th- this week and you mentioned that it's finals week. Have they had an opportunity to, I don't know if rest is the right word, but maybe reset a little bit. They haven't had a, an opportunity to play a game, so maybe they've you know gotten their legs underneath them a little bit more. Have you noticed that this week at all? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Coach is going to meet with the media a little bit later today, probably about 2 o'clock. They practiced this morning uh, about 10. Um, they have had some time. They were off Sunday when we got back. Um, the coaches were out of town for a couple of days recruiting, so there was some lifting and you know, finals and studies and all of that kind of stuff going on. But in, in compared to a, a regular basketball week, it was a little bit lighter. And I think probably, frankly, it was a good thing. You mentioned the three overtime games, uh, the really good uh, win against Villanova, capping off that stretch, and then, you know, a road trip. I, I thought they needed a little bit of a breather. And now you've got the game here on Sunday against Nebraska, and then we go to Kansas City next week. Uh, and play Wichita State, as you fellas know, and, and then they'll get turned loose for Christmas for a little while. So uh, lots going, uh, but I think they they have taken advantage of a little bit of a breather there for sure. You know, a reset is always great at about this time on what's been going on, and and, and part of this is fueled by students. I mean, this there's, there's as much on the outside looking in that, you know, with regards to – what is kind of fueling all this stuff? There's a lot on the outside. Usually you don't see that to this extent. Uh, how is that affecting this team? How, is, how are the outside influences affecting Coach Tang, the staff, uh, the team? Maybe even how are they affecting um, uh, administration and people that are over the program? What's going on with that? Is, is, is that about to be gotten under control, do you think, uh, Wyatt? Well, it's an interesting couple of questions there, Paul. I think it's probably pretty difficult for me to answer the oh, last okay. part of that okay. administratively. And, and and only only I say that because I have not personally talked to President Linton at all. Um, Gene Taylor is a very busy guy. I try pretty hard to stay out of his way most of the time. <laughs> smart, and, smart. And, um, but, but I think we all understand what you're asking about there. I, I get it. Um, how it's how it's been with the team uh, i really mean this sincerely uh, those guys it was frustrating for them um because if you guys know naquan a little bit you know kind of 
you know, what kind of young guy he is in terms of his personality and big smile and, and all of those kind of things. He was a pretty popular teammate. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they were all under the perception that uh, at some point he was going to come back. And then he didn't. So, you know, there's that on the table. But I really like this team in terms of how they practice, how they prepare, how they handle themselves. I think they are being, you know, really well coached. And and when I say that, I, I mean both on and off the floor by Tang. I, I, I really, you know, the, the longer uh, I'm around him, the more you realize that in his mind, uh, this is a lot more than just what happens on the basketball floor. Um, he's he's very into these guys individually. Um, we we're talking about Cam Carter being there uh, at near home on Saturday. He had like 15 family and friends there, and it, it was <laughs> coach referenced it last night. There there were some points during the. Uh, the game Saturday where those 15 were louder than everybody else in the arena for LSU. So they've, they've kind of grown together as a group. And I think he, he likes coaching this bunch. So, you know, you, you got to get to the point too, where, and I mean this too, I, you look at some of the uh, veteran guys on this team that have been around a while, whether it's this program or, or all programs and Kaluma and Tyler Perry, David Gasson, you know, there, there are several guys on this team, Will McNair, that have been around a long, long time, and, and that helps too. Let's talk a little bit about Nebraska, Wyatt. You mentioned them uh, a few minutes ago. That's the next matchup for the Wildcats on Sunday inside Bramlage. This is a Nebraska team coached by Fred Hoiberg. They're 8-2 and two on the season. I think that there was some thought that Hoiberg may be on the hot seat coming into this season and taking a look at what they've done. They played one ranked team so far, and that was Creighton. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and they were blown out by 29. Most recently, Nebraska beat Michigan State by seven. What do we know about the Cornhuskers? Is this a team that, I mean, they are eight and two, but I'm not sure they've really played a whole lot of people. What do we know about them? Well, it's an interesting question for me because I, I hearken back to when we saw them last year. Uh, I thought K-State, as an example, did a really good job on one of their really fine shooters in Young man from Japan, Keisei Tomenaga. Uh, I think he had five points in the game. And to reference that a little bit farther out, he had 15 in the game against Michigan State the other night uh, in 30 minutes. He's a good player. Um, but I think they've added some some guys uh, with all of those returners that, that have helped them be legitimately better. I, I think you're right. The question is still how much better, right? I mean, it's, it's one thing to get I – mean, <laughs> hey – Creighton lost the other night at UNLV, and that's Kevin Kruger's team, as you guys know. That that one surprised me a little bit, but they Kalkbrenner is one of the best players in the country, and the night they beat Nebraska, they made 14 threes. Uh, they do that, they're going to beat almost anybody. So, so my point is, is Nebraska, I think, has improved more than maybe you might know, but do we know how much yet? And I, I think the answer is no. Some of those new faces that I think have made a difference for them, I would point out Rink Mast, their, their five-man, first of all. Uh, four years at Bradley, a 1,000-point score, nearly, well, just over 650 rebounds. Kind of a, I'm going to say an old man kind of game, as the coaches like to say. He's, he's left-handed. He's not a real great athlete. But, man, does he know how to play the game. And you better watch when he sets screens because they're legit. <laughs> I think he's helped them a lot. 
Um, they've got a couple other kids, and, and you know, Sam Hoiberg, the, the coach's son, is, is uh, playing a little bit more of a role this time. The one guy that really concerns me um, is Jawan Gary. Jawan had 20 the other night against Michigan State. He played well last year against K-State. He's 6'6", uh, just does a lot of things, maybe more than everybody wanted to know, but I, I think they are quite a bit better. But I think time is going to tell can they be a, an NIT team or an NCAA tournament team after, after last year, you know, just, just being okay. You know, a couple of weeks ago we were on together, uh, you and I, uh, along with, I believe it was Jacob on that particular show. And mm-hmm. I asked you a question about the Big 12. You know something, it's been a couple, two or three weeks since I've talked to you, Wyatt, and I'd like to ask you again, is there anything going on between this show and the last show that we talked about the Big 12? What's your opinion on the Big 12? Where are we at? Are, is it still basically, you think, going to be the same teams competing? You know, the Baylors, the KUs, the Texases, yeah. the K-States. Where are we at? Is anything changed on the landscape for the Big 12, in your opinion? The short answer to that is definitely it has. Now, again, you mentioned Kansas. There's Baylor. There's Texas. There's a lot of good teams in this league. But let's be honest. Did anybody at this point see Oklahoma being ranked this high and, and being undefeated at this point? No, absolutely I don't not. Think no, so. no, no. So, and I'll tell you the truth. They've, uh, they're another team, and this is what most people probably like about the portal. We talk about it and and all of that all the time, but they've got a couple pieces from the portal that have really helped them. They've got a couple of young guys who took their licks last year, so to speak, but they are playing very, very well right now. Um, Milos Yuzan, uh, who's a really, really quality point guard and a young uh, wing by the name of Otega Owe. Both of those guys, uh, I think, are really fine players. So they, from my perception, without seeing them live yet, I think they are quite a bit better than anybody thought they might be. So there's that. Um, Still kind of up in the air on TCU a little bit. They're talking about maybe this is Jamie's best team. Uh, They haven't necessarily played a great schedule. I'm not trying to bash them in any way, but we're going to find out here in the next few weeks kind of a little bit more about what they're like, but um, they're really talented. I'd, I'd say those two with all of those others that you mentioned. I mean, we know what KU is. Um, Baylor's really gifted. They've got another freshman who's probably a one-and-donner. Uh, Texas, with you know, with their pieces is going to be really good. I, I guess the third team, if I had to add one, would be Iowa State. Oh, um, okay. Just not totally sure yet on – I mean, they've got a five-star big man, uh, albeit a freshman, uh, but, hey, Five-star big men are hard to hard to come by, right? <laughs> it's just, yeah, just I think we also have so, to get. Uh, yeah, uh, I was just going to mention. I think we also have to get used to uh, having Houston in our conversation as well as a new member well, of the Big sure. Twelve, and you know, being up there in in the top five nationally. So it, it's a it's a loaded conference uh, as it always is. Wyatt Thompson, yeah. voice of the Wildcats, joining us here on Sports Daily. Wyatt, let's shift gears here a little bit and talk. Kansas State football getting ready for a bowl game not too far in the in the future the Pop-Tarts Bowl coming up right after Christmas and it's going to be a different look Wildcat team playing in that bowl game in Orlando the big news this week Kobe Savage transferring out of the program I don't know about you that one was shocking to me I was not expecting that news to come down this week that Savage would be transferring out of the program 
What kind of impact is that? We know that the impact that he has on the field, but you know the program a lot better than we do. Uh, I would imagine that's a big loss for Kansas State. Without a doubt. Uh, and like you, I was really, really surprised. Um, and, and I guess I'll be honest and say the reason why I was so, so, so surprised is that if you know Kobe a little bit, he loves the game of football. He's a big hitter. We saw that stuff early on in his career last year until he got hurt at Baylor. He's come back from an ACL injury and probably overcoming really a little bit of a slow start in those first couple of games, but he's, he's played really well. He probably hasn't tackled this year as well as he did last, but he's a rock solid player. What, what I'm basically hearing is, is uh, and and this is kind of what the portal is. I think he's had, you know, some opportunities there with, with, uh, with some financial things that would, would help him a bunch. Uh, and I think that's, again, no necessarily major inside information here, but I, I think uh, that's kind of driving this. And so, yeah, I was definitely surprised by it. You know, when you look at uh, the overall bowl situation, uh, you know, this is a bowl that, you know, the, the old days of, of Wyatt Thompson and Paul Savage, Sitting down and watching the Liberty Bowl and the Orange Bowl and the you know the Cotton Bowl, you know you know where I'm going with oh, this, yeah. don't you, Wyatt? You know where I'm going with. Oh sure. You, you know sometimes I have a hard time figuring out. Okay, I got a bowl I've never heard of. How does this rank in the world of bowls? Would you tell me how does this bowl that the that the Wildcats are going to? How does this rank in the world of bowls? Because I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Well, there's a couple of angles that you could go to here, Please. Uh, and I'm sure you guys are well aware of this, that K-State has never played a bowl game in Florida, and that's about to change. They've also never oh, wow. played a bowl game where they, if they win the game, they can eat part of the mascot, I'm told. And that, that be a <laughs> I'm hoping they get that opportunity. That would be kind of cool for us to report on, right? Don't you think? <laughs> yes, uh, it so, would. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. Um and then the Pop-Tarts thing, I, um, I've been asked in a ton of interviews, what is my favorite Pop-Tart? Oh, wow. And, and I'm not trying to be funny when I say this. I say strawberry, which is the truth. But I bet I was 17 or 18 years old the last time I had a Pop-Tart. <laughs> <laughs> so suffice it to say, that's been a while. Uh, that's going to change. Uh, I got it, a feeling that's going to change. Cool, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It probably it, – it could, it could even be um, – Let's see. I get in there on Christmas Eve at about four. So yeah, maybe at four thirty next on Christmas Eve. What do you think? Yeah, you gotta yeah. have one then. So I'm not sure there's a. I'm not sure there's a better uh, Christmas Eve <laughs> dinner than a bunch of pop tarts in Orlando. There yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. Uh, Let, uh, why, uh, let's uh, let's know, talk. I didn't realize they had so many kinds. Did, did you guys? No, there are a ton. No, there's. Yeah, a ton I had no idea. Oh. No idea. Yeah. I, I would say if I'm ranking my definitive flavors of Pop-Tarts, you know, strawberry's pretty yeah. good. I would maybe yeah. go s'mores at number two, and then yeah. brown sugar cinnamon is, that's got to be number one. Like, that's the Tom Brady of Pop-Tarts, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. You know, one I saw the other day, uh, I don't even remember who it was that had a box of them. I don't, are the boxes like four or eight, or do you know that? I don't remember that exactly, but... Anyway, this guy had think they're like it was a banana bread pop tart. I'm going, wow, you're you're covering it from A to Z if you're doing those kind of things. But I, like you though, I've heard a lot of the the cinnamon stuff. People love those, love it. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good stuff. And, you know, the, like there's uh, a there's a debate, by the way, I just want to mention and I, we're getting way off topic okay. here, but there, there's yeah, a debate <laughs> about whether or not Pop-Tarts should be toasted or if you can just eat them, you know, out of the box. And I mean, I think it's OK to eat them. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Out of the box, but if you're not toasting them, you're missing out. Well, I got... Really? Yeah. Hey, is, yeah. And the number in a box is eight. That's coming from Jad Chambers, our our producer. He seems to know a lot. He seems to know his way around a Pop-Tart. That's obviously... He's our Pop-Tart hey, authority, always, I would oh, say. Always hang around somebody that knows what's going on, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. But anyway, that you know, so... You know, it's good to be in a bowl game. Obviously, it's hard to rank some of these bowl games at this point. By the way, there's so many of them. I mean, there was a day, Wyatt, mm-hmm. I know you remember, you know, what, 15, 20 bowl games, and that was it? I mean, it was, it was you know, pretty short list, and now the list goes on and on, and, and we've literally got teams that I did not know were eligible for bowl games, playing in bowl games, but, but that's, that, that's okay. But this is a good bowl. The closer to the New Year's you get, I guess, is, is the way you look at a bowl and say – how good is this bowl? How big is this bowl? What is the credits, uh, uh, the bona fides on this bowl? Closer you get to New Year's Day, I'm, I, I'm assuming that means it's a better bowl. Is, is that a safe assumption, Wyatt? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? As we talk about that, I have to kind of throw this out here because I, I really do wonder what the bowl situation will be like or how much will this change because change is coming, right? I mean, we're going from four playoff teams this year to 12 next. Oh, it, yeah. At some level, it's going to have some type of change. Yes. I've said in, in some interviews that I I don't even know exactly. What, let's say, like last year when K-State was Big 12 champs, they would have been one of the 12, and the projection was that they would play Tennessee and that would have been like the Saturday after the Big 12 championship game. So whatever, that would have been the 9th or 10th of, of December. Could they still play in a bowl game um, if they lost? Uh, has anybody – does anybody know that? Those are the kind of things that I think about. That Because I don't know that, you know, we know exactly how the bowl season will roll with 12 as opposed to 4. One more bowl question for you, Wyatt, as we look ahead – to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Obviously, there's been a significant amount of turnover in this program at the quarterback position and then elsewhere. You know, we also got the mm-hmm. announcement that Ben Sinnott is declaring for the NFL draft and will skip the bowl game. And, you know, of course, Kobe Savage, Will Lee, Nate Matlack. There are others that have transferred out of the program. If, calm, if, yeah. if you are, right, if you're Chris Kleiman, and you are preparing for this bowl game. What do you want to see from your team? Because I would imagine, I mean, it's hard to game plan this, you know, and it's hard to, you know, figure out exactly how you're going to put a team on the field and what that's going to look like when you've got, you know, so many players that are not going to be playing in the bowl game. Is this for Chris Kleiman, a, is it a, a more important look at what the future can be on the program or what's his mindset going into this bowl game? Well, I love the question, and I think the the answer is a couple of things, if I'm being honest, because I know how Coach thinks, or I think I have a pretty good feel on how he thinks about things, and, and I think for him, 
He's going to look at it on one hand. Um, it's going to be the finishing point of uh, the career of, of a Cooper Beebe and a KT Leviston and, you know, Christian Duffy and all of those other seniors that have meant so much to this program. Cause you know, think about it. Those, those guys have been here as long as he has. <laughs> right. I mean, and in a couple of cases longer um, by a year. So that, that will be a, I, I think part of the answer and, and, and probably a little bit emotional for coach on that, that these guys have meant a lot to him. I, I really mean that sincerely. Um, but yeah, it's hard not to think that this is just basically a, a lead into what K-State is going to be all about when we get to 2024. Uh, part of that is Avery Johnson and a large part of it, wouldn't you say? I mean, would you agree with that? I mean, oh, that, yeah. I think sure. we've all been waiting for that time, and here we are with it now. Uh, so it starts there. But it's it's more than – I mean, again, I'm going to say Avery's a monster part of it. But for the, for the guys like Jace Brown, guys like Garrett Oakley and Braden Lofton, um, oh boy, I, I could probably go. Uh, there, there are several other. I, I think we may see uh, some kids this this bowl season that nece- haven't necessarily been a big part of the '23 team, but will be a big part of the '24 team. Maybe that's the right way to say it, without trying to name all of the guys. I mean, we can talk about that if sure. you want to, but there's sure. there's so many of them that I think we'll get an opportunity here. Even if it's a, a you know, a, a maybe 10 to 15 play opportunity as opposed to just special teams. And I'm talking about guys like, maybe you've heard of these names, maybe you haven't, but a guy like Kenigel Thomas, who's a corner uh, in our program that, that the coaches really are excited about. Uh, you know, um, we have a, another corner in our program, Tyler Nellum, who was a transfer from from CMO and was injured early and really wasn't a factory this year. He's healthy now. You know, that's, that's the interesting part of bowl season or used to be for me. Now it's more of a nightmare of trying to get right of who's going to be available and who's not. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, well, I know uh, we all are doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I know that uh, as you know, next week gets into full full swing, you'll be prepping, yeah. and I know you already are getting ready for that bowl game. And so uh, next week, we'll make sure to talk a little bit more in depth about the bowl and and what uh, you know what players will be able to keep an eye on and, and take a look for. In the meantime, why you guys have Nebraska on Sunday basketball inside Bramlage. Pre-game begins at one o'clock. Tip-off at two, uh, and so we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, anything, uh, anything special or big on the on the broadcast on Sunday that we can be looking forward to? Probably pretty standard for the most part. But uh, you know, okay. I, I say this all the time with with Coach Tang. You never know exactly what you're going to get when you sit down and visit with him. Um, so try try to. I mean, even if you're coming to the game, you know, as you're as you're coming in, try to catch that and then come in. Um, uh, I, I just, I, I'm just being honest, guys. I, I really have enjoyed visiting with him this season. It's so different than last year. Um, and just the way he speaks about the program, as I said before, on and off the floor, pretty entertaining stuff for me. So I'm, I'm going to promote that as much as I possibly can. He's pretty popular around here. Have you heard that? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've I've gotten an indication of that a little bit. That's yeah, going to yeah. be Sunday. Of course, you'll be able to hear all of it uh, right here on KFH with Wyatt on the call. Pre-game begins at 1, tip-off at 2. Wyatt, as always, we appreciate your time, and, uh, of course, we'll talk to you next week. You guys are awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. 
All right, there goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats. Always appreciate his time here on Sports Daily. If you missed any of that, of course, you can always go to the Odyssey app and listen uh, to it, and we will have that for you uh, up there for absolutely free. Let's take another time out when we come back. We're going to get ready for our Friday football picks. That will be as we kick off hour number two. It's on the way for you on KFH. All right, welcome back. Our thanks to the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, for joining us in the previous segment. If you missed any of it, you can always go back and listen to it on the free Odyssey app. A very short segment here before we get into hour number two and our Friday football picks. So let's do a giveaway on the IHOP hotline. Jad will give away a pair of tickets to the Turnpike Troubadours with Trampled by Turtles and the Red Clay Strays at Interest Bank Arena on May 3rd at 7 o'clock. Let's take caller number two on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240 right now. You'll get a pair of tickets to Turnpike Troubadours. It's going to be a great show, and we'll do that right now for caller number two. On the other side, our Friday football picks. We will do that coming up in hour number two on Sports Daily. Stick around. Good morning.